Chapter Two of A Traveler from Altruria. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Traveler from Altruria by William Dean Howells. Chapter Two. We left the hotel, and I began to walk my friend across the meadow toward the lake. I wished him to see the reflection of the afterglow in its still waters, with the noble lines of the mountain range that glassed itself there. The effect is one of the greatest charms of that lovely region, the sojourn of the sweetest summer in the world, and I am always impatient to show it to strangers. We climbed the meadow wall and passed through a stretch of woods to a path leading down to the shore, and as we loitered along in the tender gloom of the forest, the music of the hermit thrushes rang all around us like crystal bells, like silver flutes, like the drip of fountains, like the choiring of still-eyed cherubim. We stopped from time to time and listened, while the shy birds sang unseen in their covert of shadows. But we did not speak till we emerged from the trees and suddenly stood upon the naked knoll overlooking the lake. Then I explained. The woods used to come down to the shore here, and we had their mystery and music to the water's edge. But the last winter the owner cut the timber off. It looks rather ragged now. I had to recognize the fact, for I saw the Altrurian staring about him over the clearing in a kind of horror. It was a squalid ruin, a graceless desolation, which not even the pitying twilight could soften. The stumps showed their hideous mutilation everywhere. The brush had been burned, and the fires had scorched and blackened the lean soil of the hill slope and blasted it with sterility. A few weak saplings withered by the flames, drooped and straggled about. It would be a century before the forces of nature could repair the waste. You said the owner did this? said the Altrurian. Who is the owner? "'Well, it does seem too bad,' I answered evasively. "'There has been a good deal of feeling about it. "'The neighbors tried to buy him off before he began the destruction, "'for they knew the value of the woods as an attraction to summer boarders. "'The city cottagers, of course, wanted to save them, "'and together they offered for the land pretty nearly as much as the timber was worth. "'But he had got it into his head that the land here by the lake "'would sell for building lots if it was cleared, "'and he could make money on that as well as on the trees, so they had to go.' Of course, one might say that he was deficient in public spirit, but I don't blame him altogether. No, the Altrurian assented, somewhat to my surprise, I confess. I resumed. There was no one else to look after his interests, and it was not only his right, but his duty to get the most he could for himself and his own, according to his best light. That is what I tell people when they fall foul of him for his want of public spirit. The trouble seems to be, then— in the system that obliges each man to be the guardian of his own interests. Is that what you blame? No, I consider it a very perfect system. It is based upon individuality, and we believe that individuality is the principle that differences civilized men from savages, from the lower animals, and makes us a nation instead of a tribe or a herd. There isn't one of us, no matter how much he censured this man's want of public spirit, but would resent the slightest interference with his property rights. The woods were his. He had the right to do what he pleased with his own. 
do i understand you that in america a man may do what is wrong with his own he may do anything with his own to the injury of others well not in person or property but he may hurt them in taste and sentiment as much as he likes can't a man do what he pleases with his own in altruria no he can only do right with his own and if he tries to do wrong or what the community thinks is wrong then the community takes his own from him before i could think of anything to say to this he went on but i wish you would explain to me why it was left to this man's neighbors to try and get him to sell his portion of the landscape why bless my soul i exclaimed who else was there you wouldn't have expected to take up a collection among the summer boarders that wouldn't have been so unreasonable but i didn't mean that was there no provision for such an exigency in your laws wasn't the state empowered to buy him off at the full value of his timber and his land certainly not i replied that would be rank paternalism it began to get dark and i suggested that we had better be going back to the hotel the talk seemed already to have taken us away from all pleasure in the prospect i said as we found our way through the rich balsam-scented twilight of the woods where one joy-haunted thrush was still singing you know that in america the law is careful not to meddle with a man's private affairs and we don't attempt to legislate personal virtue but marriage he said surely you have the institution of marriage i was really annoyed at this i returned sarcastically yes i'm glad to say that there we can meet your expectation we have marriage not only consecrated by the church but established and defended by the state what is that to do with the question and you consider marriage he pursued the citadel of morality the fountain of all that is pure and good in your private life the source of home and the image of heaven there are some marriages i said with a touch of our national humor that do not quite fit the bill but that is certainly our ideal of marriage then why do you say that you have not legislated personal virtue in america he asked you have laws i believe against theft and murder and slander and incest and perjury and drunkenness why certainly then it appears to me that you have legislated honesty regard for human life regard for character abhorrence of unnatural vice good faith and sobriety i was told on the train coming up by a gentleman who was shocked at the sight of a man beating his horse that you even had laws against cruelty to animals yes and i am happy to say that they are enforced to such a degree that a man cannot kill a cat cruelly without being punished for it the altrurian did not follow up his advantage and i resolved not to be outdone in magnanimity come i will own that you have the best of me on those points i must say you've trapped me very neatly too i can enjoy a thing of that kind when it's well done and i frankly knock under 
but i had in mind something altogether different when i spoke i was thinking of those idealists who would want to bind us hand and foot and render us the slaves of a state where the most intimate relations of life shall be penetrated by legislation and the very hearthstone shall be a tablet of laws isn't marriage a rather intimate relation of life asked the altrurian and i understood that gentleman on the train to say that you had laws against cruelty to children and societies established to see them enforced you don't consider such laws an invasion of the home do you or a violation of its immunities i imagine he went on that the difference between your civilization and ours is only one of degree after all and that america and Altruria are really one at heart i thought his compliment a bit hyperbolical but i saw that it was honestly meant and as we americans are first of all patriots and vain for our country before we are vain for ourselves i was not proof against the flattery it conveyed to me civically if not personally we were now drawing near the hotel and i felt a certain glow of pleasure in its gay effect on the pretty knoll where it stood in its artless and accidental architecture it was not unlike one of our immense coastwise steamboats the twilight had thickened to dusk and the edifice was brilliantly lighted with electrics story above story which streamed into the gloom around like the lights of saloon and stateroom the corner of wood making into the meadow hit the station there was no other building in sight the hotel seemed riding at anchor on the swell of a placid sea i was going to call the altrurian's attention to this fanciful resemblance when i remembered that he had not been in our country long enough to have seen a fall river boat and i made toward the house without wasting the comparison upon him but i treasured it up in my own mind intending some day to make a literary use of it the guests were sitting in friendly groups about the piazzas or in rows against the walls the ladies with their gossip and their gentlemen with their cigars the night had fallen cool after a hot day and they all had the effect of having cast off care with the burden of the week that was past and to be steeping themselves in the innocent and simple enjoyment of the hour they were mostly middle-aged married folk but some were old enough to have sons and daughters among the young people who went and came in a long wandering promenade of the piazzas or wove themselves through the waltz past the open windows of the great parlor the music seemed one with the light that streamed far out on the lawn flanking the piazzas everyone was well dressed and comfortable and at peace and i felt that our hotel was in some sort a microcosm of the republic we involuntarily paused and i heard the altrurian murmur charming charming this is really delightful yes isn't it i returned with a glow of pride our hotel here is a type of the summer hotel everywhere it's characteristic in not having anything characteristic about it and i rather like the notion of the people in it being so much like the people in all the others that you would feel yourself at home wherever you met such a company in such a house all over the country north and south wherever you find a group of hills or a pleasant bit of water or a stretch of coast you'll find some such refuge as this for our weary toilers 
he began to discover some time ago that it would not do to cut open the goose that laid our golden eggs even if it looked like an eagle and kept on perching on our banners just as if nothing happened we discovered that if we continued to kill ourselves with hard work there would be no americans pretty soon the altrurian laughed how delightfully you put it how quaint how picturesque excuse me but i can't help expressing my pleasure in it our own humour is so very different ah i said what is your humour like i could hardly tell you i'm afraid i've never been much of a humorist myself again a cold doubt of something ironical in the man went through me but i had no means of verifying it and so i simply remained silent waiting for him to prompt me if he wished to know anything further about our national transformation from bees perpetually busy into butterflies occasionally idle and when had you made that discovery he suggested why we're nothing if not practical you know and as soon as we made that discovery we stopped killing ourselves and invented the summer resort there are very few of our business or professional men now who don't take their four or five weeks vacation their wives go off early in the summer and if they go to some resort within three or four hours of the city the men leave town saturday afternoon and run out or come up and spend sunday with their families for thirty-eight hours or so a hotel like this is a nest of happy homes that is admirable said the altrurian you are truly a practical people the ladies come here early in the summer you say yes sometimes in the beginning of june what do they come for asked the altrurian what for why for rest i retorted with some little temper but i thought you told me a while ago that as soon as a husband could afford it he relieved his wife and daughters from all household work so he does then what do the ladies wish to rest from from care it is not work alone that kills they are not relieved from household care even when they are relieved from household work there is nothing so killing as household care besides the sex seems to be born tired to be sure there are some observers of our life who contend that with the advance of athletics among our ladies with boating and bathing and lawn tennis and mountain climbing and freedom from care and these long summers of repose our women are likely to become as superior to the men physically as they are now intellectually it's all right we should like to see it happen it would be part of the national joke oh have you a national joke asked the altrurian but of course you have so much humour i wish you could give me some notion of it well it is rather damaging to any joke to explain it i replied and your only hope of getting it ours is to live in it one feature of it is the confusion of foreigners at the sight of our men's willingness to subordinate themselves to our women oh i don't find that very bewildering said the altrurian it seems to me a generous and manly trait of the american character i am proud to say that it is one of the points at which your civilization and our own touch there can be no doubt that the influence of women in your public affairs must be of the greatest advantage to you it has been so with us i turned and stared at him but he remained insensible to my astonishment perhaps because it was now too dark for him to see it 
our women have no influence in public affairs i said quietly after a moment they haven't is it possible but didn't i understand you to imply just now that your women were better educated than your men well i suppose that taking all sorts and conditions among us the women are as a rule better schooled if not better educated then apart from the schooling they are not more cultivated in a sense you might say they were they certainly go in for a lot of things art and music and browning and the drama and foreign travel and psychology and political economy and heaven knows what all they have more leisure for it they have all the leisure there is in fact our young men have to go into business i suppose you may say our women are more cultivated than our men yes i think there's no questioning that they are the great readers among us we poor devils of authors would be badly off it were not for our women in fact no author can make a reputation among us without them american literature exists because american women appreciate it and love it but surely your men read books some of them not many comparatively you will often hear a complacent ass of a husband and father say to an author my wife and daughters know your books but i can't find time for anything but the papers nowadays i skim them over breakfast or when i am going into business on the train he isn't the least ashamed to say that he reads nothing but the newspapers then you think it would be better for him to read books well in the presence of four or five thousand journalists with drawn scalping knives i should not like to say so besides modesty forbids no but really the altrurian persisted you think that the literature of a book is more carefully pondered than the literature of a daily newspaper i suppose even the four or five thousand journalists with drawn scalping knives would hardly deny that and it stands to reason doesn't it that the habitual reader of carefully pondered literature ought to be more thoughtful than the readers of literature which is not carefully pondered and which they merely skim over on their way to business i believe we began by assuming the superior culture of our women didn't we you'll hardly find an american that isn't proud of it then said the altrurian if your women are generally better schooled than your men and more cultivated and more thoughtful and are relieved of household work in such great measure and even of domestic cares why have they no part in public affairs i laughed for i thought i had my friend at last for the best of all possible reasons they don't want it ah that's no reason he returned why don't they want it really i said out of all patience i think i must let you ask the ladies themselves and i turned and moved again toward the hotel but the altrurian gently detained me excuse me he began no no i said the feast is set the guests are met mayest hear the merry din come in and see the young people dance wait he entreated tell me a little more about the old people first this digression about the ladies has been very interesting but i thought you were going to speak of the men here who are they or rather what are they why as i said before they are all businessmen and professional men people who spend their lives in studies and counting-rooms and offices and have come up here for a few weeks or a few days of well-earned repose 
they are all kinds of occupations they are lawyers and doctors and clergymen and merchants brokers bankers there's hardly any calling you won't find represented among them as i was thinking just now our hotel is a sort of a microcosm of the american republic i am most fortunate in finding you here where i can avail myself of your intelligence in making my observations of your life under such advantageous circumstances it seems to me that with your help i might penetrate the fact of american life possess myself of the mystery of your national joke without stirring beyond the piazza of your hospitable hotel said my friend i doubted it but one does not lightly put aside a compliment like that to one's intelligence and i said i should be very happy to be of use to him he thanked me and said then to begin with i understand that these gentlemen are here because they are all overworked of course you can have no conception of how hard our businessmen and our professional men work i suppose there's nothing like it anywhere else in the world but as i said before we're beginning to find that we cannot burn the candle at both ends and have it last long so we put one end out for a little while every summer still there are frightful wrecks of men strewn all along the course of our prosperity wrecks of mind and body our insane asylums are full of madmen who have broken under the tremendous strain and every country in europe abounds in our dyspeptics i was rather proud of this terrible fact there is no doubt but we americans are proud of overworking ourselves heavens knows why the altrurian murmured awful shocking but i thought somehow he had not really followed me very attentively in my celebration of our national violation of the laws of life and its consequences i am glad he went on that your businessmen and professional men are beginning to realize the folly and wickedness of overwork shall i find some of your other weary workers here too what other weary workers i asked in turn for i imagined i had gone over pretty much the whole list why said the altrurian your mechanics and day laborers your iron molders and glass blowers your miners and farmers your printers and mill operatives your trainmen and quarry hands or do they prefer to go to the resorts of their own end of chapter two